Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 70. Today we're going to talk about propane. Many women are nervous about their propane systems. They're fearful of a fire, explosion, or carbon monoxide poisoning. Our guest today is Brenda Puckett from the Queen Bee RV, and she is here to quell all our fears and tell us what we need to know about how to use propane safely in our RVs. Hey, Brenda. Hi, Kathy. Hey, my guest today is Brenda Puckett, and uh, this is Brenda's second time on my show. So welcome back. Thank you. I'm excited. So to remind you, Brenda is a certified RV inspector, a registered RV technician, but more importantly, Brenda is an educator. She is one half of the 52 ways to empower women RVers, RVers, right? YouTube channel, and um, and that's taken off so much that now she's become an educator that is traveling around and providing workshops and whatnot to women RVers out there. So she is a perfect guest for us to have on today, and we're going to talk. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to talk all about propane because I know propane is something that a lot of women um, and. I guess probably not just women, but it's a little bit of a scary thing, especially if you don't know what it is. It's a, it's a thing that's making gas light on fire and fire is scary and explosions (laughs) and all those things. And people get scared of propane. So we're going to dive into propane, what it is, how to use it safely and, 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 and why it's so important also why it's a good thing to have. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. Before, before we dive in, we're just going to say that the information we are sharing today is for informational purposes. So be sure to consult your owner's manuals for anything specific to your RV. Great advice. All right. Well, welcome, Brenda. Let's talk first about what is propane and why is it important for RVs? So you might hear people refer to it also as a gas or as LP. And LP actually stands for liquefied petroleum. And in my studies, you probably heard me talking last time, I became certified at the National RV Training Academy down in Athens, Texas. And I learned that the the gas itself, it's part of propane that we consume in the RV is part of a family of gases. And it's important that I point this out to you because it's going to come up when we talk about your LP detector. It actually is a family of gases, including propane, butane, and methane. We consume the propane in our RV propane systems. There are several different appliances that are fueled by propane. We purchase it as a liquid when we go get our tanks or cylinders filled up, and then we consume it as a vapor, as a gas. Um, It's important because it enables us to do a lot of things like when we want to go off grid maybe and use something besides electric, there are certain appliances that can operate 
on propane, some of them, the obvious ones might be our water heater, but not so obvious might be a generator. Somebody might have a propane fueled generator. So it allows us to go off grid. It's really actually one of the more inexpensive and believe it or not, it's safe. One of the safest energy sources and it's um, misunderstood. So there's a lot of fear surrounding it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I think you told me that you took a survey of of your audience and that propane was their number one fear? <laughs> it was one of the top fears. I say propane electric and electric, uh, RV electric ranked the highest. The fears that these women had, we took a survey, there were hundreds of responses. I've done it on my personal page and on some of the female camping pages, hundreds of responses. And what do you think everybody's number one fear is about it? That's going to explode. Exactly. Everybody thinks they they're thinking... Wiley Coyote on the Red Roadrunner cartoon, and you light one little match and the whole thing explodes. I always tell the story about before I learned, you know, how to use it and how all the safety features that are involved in our RV propane systems. When I would have to light the oven and get that stick lighter, and I had the little DSI igniter or piezo ignition, oh my gosh, pilot, you'd push that in, and I'd stick that lighter back in the oven and just turn my face the other way and pray to the heavens that I didn't blow up. It's that's really the number one. People are afraid of fire. They think that their bed is too close to the propane tanks where they're stored. They're afraid of carbon monoxide. So there's, there are many um, women campers that decide they're not going to use the propane system at all. They might have it removed from their RV, just surrounding that fear of the unknown. Yeah. Okay. So is it scary? Like what do we have to fear here? So, and I will tell you, the reason I, I like talking about this, this was the first work, uh, module, I, I'd say, for any of our workshops that I ever wrote. And I like teaching it because I, I think that knowledge is, is power and understanding how it works. Um, and then, like I said, also all those safety features that we have in the RV enable you to, to dis, you know, make a decision. Some people still decide that they don't want to use it. I will tell you this, it, it, like I said, it's one of, one of the safest, safest sources that we use in the RV. People don't understand that there's a combination of things that start a fire to have combustion. And I learned this at NRVTA, so it makes me sound really smart. That to have combustion, you have to have air, you have to have fuel, and you have to have a spark. And so I would, some women will think, well, as I'm driving down the road, if a rock hits my propane tank, it's automatically going to explode. Those are the things that I, I want people to overcome and get their heads wrapped around. There has to be certain ingredients to, to start a fire. I don't think that there is reason to fear. I think that it, you can have a healthy respect for this system and just knowing a few things about how to properly use your appliances and the system itself, and even how to check for leaks can help you have some peace of mind. All right. Great. Well, let's start there. How do you check for leaks? So I will tell you there are two ways and one of them involves a professional and one I wanted to be able to talk about if you wanted to check for leaks yourself. So every year I learned how to do this when I became a certified inspector. All of our technicians and inspectors are trained on how to do a professional leak drop test. And I said that slowly, so hopefully people will write it down. It's a professional leak drop test. 
And that is somebody that can go in and check the, the uh, propane system lines themselves, the pressure to make sure that there's no compromises. And getting that done annually by a, a certified technician or an inspector or somebody at your, your dealership who's certified in propane, getting that done annually is super important. I also would suggest your followers, if you get any kind of repair done, to a propane-fueled appliance like the furnace or the water heater or the refrigerator, ask them to perform that test. They should offer it automatically, and they may not share the results with you, but ask them to perform that, that leak drop test when they finish with their repair. If you want to check yourself for leaks, I've had technicians tell me a good a place where they typically a lot of times are happening is right at the, let's say on your bumper pole or your fifth wheel, at the front of your travel trailer, where the connections are between the propane tank and your regulator, and then all the lines going back into the systems of your RV. That's probably where some of the leaks, a lot of them might occur. So any place where you have connections, those bins in the line or where it's connecting to an appliance where you can see and reach you could do a leak drop test, or excuse me, a leak test yourself. Some people will buy the actual spray product that you can buy in any of the camping stores or at Walmart or whatnot. And it comes in a spray bottle and you can spray at those connections around your cylinder where the pigtail connection is up front. That's where it's connecting to your regulator and the rest of the system. You can spray that at any connections you can vis visibly see. Some people decide to just swab it. You could swab it with a cotton swab. Some people will use kids' bubbles, you know, that you blow bubbles with your kids or grandkids or Dawn dishwashing soap. If there is a leak present, if propane is present, it will start bubbling. Mm -hmm. So that's what all of those are. And I tell people, if you want to do that every time, if it makes you feel good, do it. It's your RV. If you want to do it, you know, one, once a quarter, couple times a year, whatever the case, you can have that professional test done. And then you also have the opportunity to test yourself. There's one more product that some people will use called a sniffer. We don't rely on a sniffer as professionals. We want to, we want to tap into your gas line and we can do that at your cooktop or at an outdoor quick connect uh, gas cook. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? If you yeah. have a little outdoor grill, that's where we test. We want, we want to get into your propane lines that way and do our test. And we do it with this piece of equipment called a manometer. But you can also use a sniffer. We don't rely on that by itself. Um, they're not quite as you know sensitive. I'm sure there's some really expensive ones that are. I've got a little inexpensive one that I got on Amazon. And it's best to use those indoors because once there's a tiny bit of breeze, it can blow away any um, mm. possible propane leak. So for example, my business partner that we were talking about earlier, Dana, we found one under her cooktop inside her RV and her LP detector was not going off, but there was a little leak. We, she could smell it specifically. She has a nose. She's a hound for propane, I'll tell you. Mm. So she could smell it. And we, I had my sniffer with me and we put it down under her cooktop in an alarm. And then a technician was able to find the leak. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about some of that safety stuff that you are referring to. Um, you talked about the propane detector, and we also have CO2 detectors. Um, and how are the how do those work, and how do those help us? Got it. The, that's your first line of defense is those detectors. 
So I want to make sure that your listeners remember how those things are powered. You have your smoke detector. If there were a fire, obviously you have your CO detector, which CO is detecting carbon monoxide and then your LP detector, which is detecting all of that family of gases that I was talking about. Mm. So smoke, let, let's talk about that first, the LP detector. If it's detecting butane, propane, and methane, I'll let you guess what methane really is. And um, yes, it has to do with cows and your dogs and other things. And uh, off-gassing, let's say. Yeah. But it, your, <laughs> your detector could go off because of butane. So if you were uh, spraying some of the PM cooking sprayer, or hair sprayer, foot sprayer, anything like that, that propellant in there is butane, that can ah. set it off. Okay. And then obviously your, um, any evidence of propane. So your LP detector is always hardwired to your coach battery. And the coach battery means the one that's operating all the 12 volt systems in the actual RV. That means your 12 volt battery, your coach battery needs to be charged. That is one. I mean, there are many important reasons why that thing needs to stay charged, but this detector is one of them. Okay. So that's, that's your LP and your LP detector is usually down lower to the floor because propane is heavier than air. Uh, the CO detector, have you seen some of the RVs will have a combo where it's the LP and the CO detector together? And the association, the industry has decided that it's legal for those combo detectors to be low to the floor as well. So in that case, that CO detector might also be hardwired because it would be a combination with the LP. Otherwise, a CO detector is going to be up high because CO actually raises, it's, it's lighter than air. It might be up high. I've seen them hardwired. I've seen them with the nine volt. And then lastly, your smoke detector hardwired in nine volt. I typically they're a nine volt and they're usually near the entry door or in the bedroom and or in the bedroom. So that's your first line there. And just making sure that all of those detectors have the proper, you know, check them regularly with the test button and then have the uh, batteries charged or new fresh nine volt batteries in them. Okay. That's good advice. So um, I don't remember if I told you this story or not, but I did have my CO detector go off once when I was having a ventilation issue from mm. my propane heater. And I, I had to ha have that looked at, but um, I had some mud doppers that had clogged up behind the ventilation for where my heater was. And it was the first time I was turning it on for the season. And uh, yeah, I heard I had, uh, it went off. And so I was really Actually, glad I had. Did you get out real, real quick or was it going out? Oh no, you're full timing. So you had to get out. Yeah, I got out. Um, I opened, you know, I opened all the doors and I had my dog at the time and we got out and I turned the heater off and didn't turn it back on again until I got it looked at. Um, did so, um, did I don't the, remember it smelling at this point. It might've, but I can't remember at this point. So I'm glad you brought that up. Carbon monoxide does not have an odor. And what I was asking if it smelled, those dauber nests sometimes will, oh, will smell because okay. they're causing sooting inside there. We've had another female camper that I think this is on one of Dana's trips that leaves a, maybe their generator from the, the next uh, rig over. She had a window open and the generator exhaust was wafting into her uh, RV. So there's all sorts of reasons that that thing could go off. Um, you just reminded me, one of the safety features of propane is that odor. 
Have you yeah. smelled it before? It's just like yeah. natural gas in our house and it has that little stinky, some people think it smells like rotten eggs, kind of mm-hmm. sulfur smell. And that's one of the safety features of it is that odor. So if you do, if you do smell that, you're going to, you're going to get out and either have somebody investigate or you can investigate. Yeah. There's, there's scary stories. And on that note, if you do hear the detector go off, you're getting out. If your propane detector goes off, your main shutoff for the propane system is guess where? Outside. Outside. You're not going to turn off anything else you're just going to get out as quickly as you can and turn it off at the main source. If it's safe, turn it off when you get outdoors. So that's another safety feature. What about, do you have a fire extinguisher in your RV? I have two. Yes. And so they're by the, by the doors. You have one in your bed area also. Um, Well, I'm in a van, so it's kind of small, but I have one by the front door passenger seat. And then I have one by the kitchen. Perfect. So fire extinguisher is another line of safety and making sure that thing is charged. Sometimes they'll have a little gauge on it telling you it's usually like a red, yellow, and green dial. And sometimes I'll have that little push button at the the top. I don't know how, you know what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. a little pop-up button. Um, so the making sure that those are charged. Some people will have one in the bedroom just in case you got blocked off. Maybe there was a fire or something happening in the kitchen and you had to um, put out a fire in between there and the front door. Um, there are, Oh, also I had someone suggest last week at one of our workshops, make sure that you understand how to operate your fire extinguisher. Yeah. Pull the pin sweep that you would, you would know how to use it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I talked to somebody that, um, maybe was at a class at one of the RV schools or something where they all learned how to you know, operate the fire extinguisher. I think that's something that it would like bear spray, you know, like practice using it so that, you know, yeah. I don't think I've ever had had to do a knock on wood. And so I thought that that was really great advice. I was like, yes, make sure that in, in the moment, um, Dana has a really cool little, it's a small, it kind of looks like the Roman candle. It's about the size of that type of firework. It's a little fire extinguisher that I think that you pop like a Japanese firecracker. Mm. that you could use really quickly in your bedroom. So on that note, if you were um, in your van, you have one way to get out. Some of these RVs have either multiple doors or your bedroom is in the back and your exit door is in the front. So every one of those rigs is going to have some type of um, emergency exit window. Yep. And we have found out during our inspections, that's something that we look at to make sure that the emergency exit window is operative. Because a lot of times they, the RV owners will never open that window and it is glued shut, non-purpose glued shut, but they're stuck. So making sure, test that thing. And especially if you live in those kind of climates that make the rubber gaskets around the edges of that window um, sealed shut. We had to take a credit card to a couple of the girls last weekend and break the seal on those to make sure that they could actually open those in in the event of a fire. Wow. That's something good to check in. I know mine opens because it's kind of drafty. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. So you do have a separate window in the back? Yeah. On the cool. side. It's the side window. Well, yeah. And think about if you had to, um, we had some women saying that is a long drop down, or uh, I don't know if I could fit, fit my, my, uh, 
body out that. And we said, you're going to open that thing up, put your arms out and start hollering and wait for somebody to run over and get <laughs> through or just start envisioning how you're going to vault out that thing. Oh yeah. You'll get out <laughs> if you have to, you'll get out. That's right. That's right. So, all right. So we've been talking about the gases and potentially fire danger though. Is there a fire danger? I mean, so we're talking about having fire extinguishers and smoke alarms. What is the fire danger with propane? So let's talk about that scenario. What appliances are using propane and where that ignition process is happening? Okay. So that's where, um, what people are worried about in the event. Well, let's talk about fire itself in the RV. We know those things are made of highly combustible materials. That's probably everybody's biggest fear is that they, you see those things on YouTube or on the news, they just go up so quickly. It's not, it doesn't take long to consume them. Um, so understanding that and what you can do as a consumer to pre prevent those things I, and also people's fear about them happening in the middle of the night. So that's where the detectors and the extinguishers come in. So you can have some peace of mind sleeping. So your cooktop, if you have a, a, a cooktop and, and or a stove oven in your RV, that is the only place that combustion happens in the interior truly of the RV. And it's the open flame on, on your stove. The pressure that's coming out of your tank and cylinders on the outside is enormous, but you have regulators in place that step it down for us to consume at a appropriate level inside. Um, as far as, as you know, lighting that at your stove, you usually have that little piezo ignition where you hear the that little ticking. I don't know if you're listeners will be able to hear that. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I use I actually have to have to use a lighter on mine. I don't you it, do. Okay. So mine's old know. enough that that I don't you, have you got that. the manual. You got the yeah. manual. Um we all know that my we've had this happen on our gas uh, cooker outside of my house here where we turn on the my husband turned on the propane and walked away for a while and there was a leak in the the hose. And so a bunch of propane um, built up in the compartment underneath the gas grill. And when he finally stuck the lighter in there, there was a nice little kaboom and I screamed and cried just a little bit and everybody was okay. That is why I want people to get that annual leak drop test and also check for leaks themselves on occasion. So the other places where combustion is happening are happening on the exterior I'm, I'm saying that the, the refrigerator for sure is happening on the backside. Of, if you have an absorption style RV refrigerator, that is the combustion is happening and exhausting to the exterior, as is your water heater. All of those tank style and the uh, tankless on demand water heaters are propane fueled and that combustion is happening on the exterior. Your furnace is the combustion. I guess technically it's inside, but it's happening in an enclosed sealed appliance box that also exhausts to the exterior the fire itself this is where and we're get, let's just go ahead and jump into it where we get into do we drive with the propane turned on or off this is why what i have learned at school and hearing the master certified uh, technician my guru at intervta talk about this repeatedly not a fan of driving with the propane on the manufacturers and all the people lobbying for them, I guess, in Washington and the propane industry want you to feel confident about driving with the propane on 
and they are, they've done several things to, to try to make it as safe as possible for driving with the propane on. They are not a fan where I get certified. They're not a fan of that for a couple of reasons. When you're driving with that on, let's say in their water heater or the refrigerator, there's an open flame and that, that can be, the flame can be getting licked by the wind, trying to pull it outside of the perimeter of your RV. That is thing one. There's some things happening in the refrigerator that it can start working on some of the weld points um, in the cooling coils without going too deep that over time can, can cause issues. And it's not going to be probably while you're driving down the road, it's going to be one of those middle of the night scenarios. So that's, that's a couple of reasons. There's a lot of states um, that you cannot drive, like for example, in a tunnel, you're, I think every state has a law that you're not allowed to um, have your propane on when you're at fueling at the gas station. And I started thinking about that, Kathy, and I was like, when I pull up to a gas station, before I knew all of this, I had no idea if my tank was on or off. I wasn't using the propane. I thought it was just off. I didn't know, you know, that I still had my cylinder yeah. open, my my tank open, service valve open. But I started looking around when you pull into a gas station and there's big diesel pushers and any kind of RVs. You don't know if everybody's turned off their propane fuel appliances or whatnot. It's kind of scary when you think about it. I was like, maybe I'll wait <laughs> until <laughs> they finish fueling up and then I will go in there. But just having that open flame. Um, there's also another uh, reason they talk about at school now with, um, you know, there's a lot of those rigs that have the big slide out rooms mm. and those slide outs will have propane fueled appliances in them. And those rubber hoses are just oh. underneath the slide out room. So if you had a tire blowout and maybe pieces of the tire pierced one of those propane lines, that, that can cause a leak. That's even another reason. So there's all sorts of things that people can do. What do you think the number one reason is why people want to drive with the propane on? To keep their refrigerator cold. It's the fridge. I've had some with an RV or say they wanted their water heater on because they wanted water hot the instant they got got to their campsite. I was like, wow, it only takes about 15 minutes for gas to heat your water heater. So that was really some, <laughs> some meat for some instant hot water for coffee or tea. Um, but it's usually the refrigerator. There's things that you can do. And we've all heard those different hacks. You can look them up that you there's, I mean, you can offload to your Yeti cooler or your, you can use uh, freezer, you know, freezer jugs and whatnot in your and your refrigerator, that thing's, if you won't open it up, that thing is going to stay cold for hours and hours and hours. So there's things that you can do to keep from having to do that. Another aftermarket thing that you can do to help with your refrigerator, if you're taking long, long road trips and need to keep things cool, get an inverter added. You could do an inverter and that would use your battery voltage, turn it into high voltage, 120 volts AC and power your refrigerator while you're driving. Yeah. What other safety tips while we're driving aside from I turning it off? One of the things that it, here's oh, one of the things that I, my um, propane tank is mounted on the bottom of my van. So motorized, right. I think about when I'm going boondocking on some really rocky, you know, bumpy off road. That's one of my concerns of getting that tank, you know, banged up down there. Is so that a that concern? Is, 
It is for, so back, back when we were talking at the beginning, I didn't mention there are two types of, we'll call them, we'll call them all tanks out there, but the towables have what are called cylinders and they're removable. And out in the world, we all call them tanks, but they're, they're governed, they're regulated by the Department of Transportation. So they're called DOT cylinders. Those cylinders actually have an expiration date on them. And it is in the United States, 10 years from the day that they were born, they need to be looked at by a certified specialist, propane tank recertification specialist. And then they can decide if they have, can be put back into service, if you can keep using it or if it needs to be traded in, traded in and you need to get a new one or if it can be repaired in some way. And they're looking for dents and excessive rust, and they have all sorts of things they're checking for. And then they would apply some type of stamp or sticker to let you know that it's been recertified. You have a DOT date on the collar of that cylinder on your towables telling you when the tank was born. And one of us professionals can help you look for it or just call me and I'll tell you. And then on you guys on the motorized, this is what I had on my Class C as well. We have a permanently welded mounted tank called an ASME tank. And that stands for American Society of Mechanical Engineers. And it is the ASME tanks are mounted to the underside. The, the crazy thing about that is they never expire. So it's completely, I mean, this it does the same job as those cylinders, but they don't expire. What you do want to make sure is that it is not getting beat up and banged up when Kathy's off-roading somewhere that she shouldn't be with her ASME down that low but the underside of it like for example my class c until i did my own inspection when i went through school and i looked at the bottom side and i was horrified um it had become all the paint had peeled off the underside of that and it had bubbled away and there was excessive rust well that could compromise the tank so you can have an inspector or technician look at that. If you ever have a dispenser, a propane dispenser person tell you it's time, like they don't feel comfortable filling that or it's time to replace your removable tanks, you listen to them and do what they say. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I am learning so much here, Brenda. This is Good. fantastic. Uh, and I feel like we're just getting started. Okay. So, um, we're talking about, so anything else about traveling and driving that we need to be concerned about? I know uh, one fun thing we haven't talked about. As far as as far as far just um, traveling itself, there's a couple of safety features uh, as far as if, God forbid, you're ever in an accident. There are some features in place that if there's a compromise to the line that will engage, I'm not going to get in the weeds here, but it has to do with at your service valve. There's um, some things in place that will engage to make sure that propane is not willy nilly so that first responders, when they come up on it, are dealing with a, a blowtorch. Okay. Also, you have some safety features. Whenever uh, women campers will ask me, okay, what if my propane flame blows out in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping on the water heater or the furnace is a propane just flowing, flowing, flowing all night long until I get up and discover that the appliance is not, you know, warm or doing its thing anymore. And the answer is no, there's a safety device in there that will sense that the flame has gone out. There's oh, another okay. feature. There's another feature that have you ever noticed if one of your appliances was trying to ignite that it'll try it a few times and then it'll shut itself down and you might get a fault light. 
for example, on the yeah, water heater on the or refrigerator. the furnace. Yeah. Right. So that's a safety feature as well. So it will try to light three times where you'll hear, you might hear, especially on the water heater, that tick, 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 tick. You can hear it. It'll click, tick, tick, tick. And then the flame will finally ignite. It'll try that three times and then it'll shut itself off and go into what we call appliance lockout. And it all, and it'll give you the fault light. It may have been a fluke and all you need to do is reset it, turn the appliance off, turn it on again. If it keeps happening over and over, that's where we can go into the troubleshooting and, and look for, is it um, a propane problem? Maybe I don't have enough propane in my tanks to operate that. Like what operates our cooktop is a lot different than what operates the furnace. You know, there's as far mm-hmm. as how much propane you need. So those are kind of some nice things to know as well. How do you know um, on your rig, Kathy, how much propane you have in your, your tank? I have to go outside and look, there's a gauge on the tank itself. And do you think it's pretty accurate? Has it been? No, <laughs> no, it, it always shows like almost empty. And then I go and it's, they never quite fill all the way. Yeah. So it's not, so it's, yeah. it's tricky and you will see some of, have you ever seen there's some sensor systems aftermarket that you can buy? Like Dana has one and I, we do not make money off this. So I'm just going to say the brand, I think she really likes it. It's called Mopika. M-O-P-E-K-A. Mopika has an aftermarket sensor system that I think attaches to the bottom of the cylinder. And she said it does a pretty decent job. There are some people that can just pick up their cylinders and they can tell if it's full or not. For all of us that have motorized, you're you're out of luck if your gauge is not working really well. So you you really need to stay on top of it. And I know Kathy, as a matter of fact, the first time that we we're talking, you're off grid and you need to, you need to fuel up and load up and do everything before you get out to wherever you're, you're working or keeping for that season. So you need to top off. And especially if you're camping in colder weather, these tanks, it's, it's kind of uh, backwards. It's counterintuitive. Their best time of year, they, they function the best. They're the most efficient in the summer. The ambient temperature is really important to our propane tanks operating the way they're supposed to be, but we really need them in the winter. So that just doesn't make sense. So make sure when you're camping in cold weather that you're topping them off whenever you can, the more propane that is in there in the cold weather, the better they're going to perform, keep those cylinders full. There's all sorts of things that they have to know on their end. Um, they are not able, you've got some protection devices on there that keep it from filling up completely. And that's because we have to have at least 20%. They'll only fill your liquid propane, liquefied propane up to 80% in your tanks, because there has to be at least 20% of room at the top for, um, the boiling for the, um, vapor to be, uh, formed so that we can use it. For expansion, gosh. Okay. I yeah. I not think of that word. You know, sometimes yeah. it just escapes you. Um, and Makes so sense. there's a device in there that keeps them from overfilling it. Where I can, I try to fill up at an actual propane like, mm-hmm. dispensary, whatever they're called. Yeah. So we, I always took my motorized, like you and I, we have to go and take our RV to the place to get it filled up. 
and people with cylinders, you can remove them and go get them full. And I, and I believe there's either states or some places where you, you can't drive your RV, your towable up there. You have to remove the cylinder to go get them to fill it or to, to trade it out. And it's actually a really simple process. We, we have some videos on it. We teach it at our classes on how to remove those cylinders. And when you do how to sort them safely, you, you, they need to be very secure oh, and held yeah. in an upright position. And you're going to go straight there and straight back. You don't want to leave them in a hot trunk or the hot backseat of the car or sitting in the blazing sun. That's another thing as far as maintenance. Um, Keep your tanks protected on your motorized. Yours is on the underneath side. Do you have a little cargo door where you can access it? Yeah. Your, yours on your motorized. That's what we usually have. On the, the towables, on a fifth wheel, they're typically in a cargo bay on the side. Usually they'll have a split system and they'll have one tank on um, each side. And sometimes they'll have two on the same side. On, on these towables, we have them on the tongue and people have lost their cover over the years and it's really best to keep them protected from the elements in both hot and and cold weather so have okay. a cover on them if you can okay that's good advice there are different sizes of those cylinders and tanks they're on the the ones that are for the fifth wheels and the travel trailers it's 20 pound 30 pound 40 pound sometimes people get confused and they'll call it 20 gallon 30 gallon and 40 mm. gallon and it's really um by weight they're okay. they're um they're measured in pounds the small ones that we use that are about the same size as the ones on our grills are the 20s but usually on the front of those travel trailers a lot you'll see those 30 pound Okay. And sometimes even bigger. And then what's on your ASME? It's, it's, I mean, they're all over the place. Six, six gallons is what I know it holds. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, exactly. And, and then how long does that last? Who knows? Who it knows? Is, uh, it's a big <laughs> uh, question mark because it depends on the BTUs uh, being used per hour of the appliance that you're calling for, you know, calling for propane in. Um, the ambient temperature, there's all sorts of factors. It's really tricky to figure out. One pro tip, if you're at a campground, use the electric that you already paid for right. at your campsite and save your propane for when you really, really need it. Um, on your water heater, some people have asked, can I run both electric and propane at the same time if I have a, a uh, electric element on my water heater and the answer is yes it's not going to hurt anything you're always making sure water's inside there before you operate but that will help it recover quicker it won't help it get hotter it will just help the water recover quicker if you needed that for some reason okay but usually you're doing one or the other so use the electric you already paid for it. yeah so on mine i just run the refrigerator, it seems to last forever. It doesn't seem Does to use it? very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's super efficient. It really is. It's smart. So if you can, if you can get your head wrapped around how many safety features there are, and there are some more technical ones that I haven't even mentioned as far as what's happening inside the regulator and your service valve and um, the tank itself, they've, they've gone way above and beyond and then you can do the things that will give you peace of mind like those annual the annual tests by the professional you can do your own leak checks you can check your tank like we've been talking about just to make sure that there's not a lot of damage on there keeping your detectors um 
power, you know, the, the batteries up to date, those detectors actually expire too. Um, mm. They say every five to seven years. <clears throat> so we say, if you don't know how old yours are, there's dates on them, on the back of them. But if you can't see the date or if you haven't, if you know that they're older than, than five years, it's probably time to go ahead and replace the detectors themselves. Oh, good And to then know. your emergency, your emergency exit window. So there's, there's several things that you can do yourself. I think once you get your head wrapped around um, that fact, you can become comfortable with what an efficient fuel source it is. Yeah. Hey, I have a question about cooking with propane. Okay. Do we need do we need to have a window or something open when we're cooking? Brilliant. I meant to say that earlier when I was saying that's the only place where combustion happens in the RV. And that's why a lot of our RVs have that vent fan right over the cooking area. So absolutely, where there is combustion, there's carbon monoxide. So crack a window or open that fan when you're cooking. That's mm -hmm. what uh, we had a girl this last weekend that said, I baked a cake and in the oven and that detector kept going off. And we were like, we said, did you open the window? No, that's exactly what is happening. Go ahead mm -hmm. and crack a window or turn on that vent fan. Okay. This has been such, such great information. Is there anything that we didn't talk about? You had mentioned something earlier about propane lockout. Correct. We had talked about appliance lockout and there's one other tricky one that I'll tell, tell you about. Don't let this explode your head. If you can't get your brain wrapped around it to your listeners, I'm going to tell you, you have another, um, uh, little annoying feature. It's a safety feature that would be activated. It's called the excess flow valve and I won't get in the weeds with you about it, but it is a safety feature that the tank itself, um, once you open the service valve, it'll check for back pressure in the lines before it allows full-blown propane vapors to flow through your system. So if it detects a leak, then it's going to severely limit the flow of propane, that little excess flow valve. Well, if you are already calling for propane, meaning you had a propane appliance already turned on when you got to your campsite and then went and opened your service valve, your service valve thinks there's a leak. So that's the best way that I can <clears throat> describe that. So they might say, God, none of my pro my refrigerator won't turn on, but and my water heater won't turn on. But you know what? My cooktop has a little bit of a flame. The flame at the cooktop is fine. And usually, have you ever heard people say, oh, that just means you have air in the lines. You need to bleed it off at the cooktop. Just let the cooktop go for a while and get that air out of the lines. Have you heard that before? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's really an old RV wives tale. It is not true. And it's still telling your system that there's a leak. What you need to do is turn off all the propane appliances, anything calling for propane, the furnace, <clears throat> excuse me, the furnace, the refrigerator, the water heater, the cooktop stove, turn everything off go back outside to the service valve, turn it off, count to five or 10, turn it back on, and then go and open up any of the probe. What happens is people will forget that they have the furnace on, maybe at the last mm. campground or the water heater switch on. And then when they get to the new next place, they turned off the service valve outside. They drive to their next location, they open the service valve, and that little safety feature will think that there's a leak in the system because uh -huh. it didn't detect that back pressure because something was already calling for propane. 
So that one's kind of a tricky one, but there's two okay. types of lockout. You have a system lockout and then you have the appliance lockout where it tried to light the appliance three times. Got it. Okay. So that, that's a pretty easy remedy and that's a good safety yeah. feature to know about mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. Very good. Awesome. Well, Brenda, this has been wonderful. Oh, I'm so, so much glad. information. Hopefully people are listening with their pen and pad in hand and taking notes through all I these so things. Too. There's just so much about it that um, really, I mean, to me, I was so excited. Like I said, this was my favorite class to teach. And it was one of the first ones. And we really go into some hands-on and help people go and disconnect their cylinders and lift them up out of there and lighting the appliances and whatnot and doing some troubleshooting. I, I love it. And I love when, when women can tell me that they've overcome their fear of using the propane and their RVs and that the, they'll start using it. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to share these tips. It made me feel really empowered as well. That's wonderful. So if somebody does want to come to one of these live workshops or learn more from you, where can they, where can they find out about what you're doing? I love that. Thank you. If you guys want to follow Dana and me, we are both certified um, inspectors and Dana is a certified tech and I'm registered. We formed a, a YouTube channel called 52 Ways and Counting. And that's where our series, 52 Ways to Empower Women RVers. We did one video a week last year and we got it completed in December. <laughs> I don't know how you do this, Kathy, I'm telling you. <laughs> so we got that if they want to go watch all those videos. And then if you watch our Facebook uh, page, same thing, 52 Ways and Counting, we've got locations for different women's RV core curriculum events where we go out and teach on all these subjects. We've got, I mean, we've got dates all over the country now. We just finished Bakersfield, California last week, and then we're on our way now to Texas, New Mexico, back to California. We're going to be in the Napa region. We're going to Pennsylvania, Florida. Oh my gosh, I've lost count. Oregon and Washington, Idaho area. So we're lining them up and we'll have the dates out there. They can always visit my website, which is queenbrv.com. Sweet. All right. Well, maybe we, you and I will meet up at one of these somewhere down the road. Oh, I'd That'd love be that. Awesome. I would love that. I'm so happy to be able to share this. Thank you for having me back again. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brenda. I really want to thank Brenda for coming on the show again. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, propane is liquefied petroleum and it's an important fuel for our RVs. The more you understand it and how it works, the more empowered you will be to use it safely. Number two, Propane can cause issues if there is a leak in your line. So get a professional leak drop test annually and perform a DYI leak check as often as makes you feel safe. Number three, carbon monoxide detectors are your first line of defense against carbon monoxide poisoning. So make sure that your batteries are charged or that you have a fresh nine volt batteries for those to operate properly. Number four, have a fire extinguisher and know how to use it. Number five, make sure that your emergency exit is operative. Number six, while some in the RV industry claim it is safe to drive with your propane lines open, Brenda does not recommend it and neither do I. Number seven, 
If you have a towable with removable propane cylinders, they have an expiration date, so make sure you check for that. The mounted tanks do not have an expiration date. Number eight, keep your propane tanks full in cold weather as they'll be more e efficient. And number nine, always vent when cooking with propane. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road. <laughs>